Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom. We are back in the state of Michigan after a short trip to Indianapolis. Had some good steak at Prime 47 last night, but that was pretty much the highlight after Michigan blows a 17-point second-half lead to Indiana. Uh, brutal stretch, obviously. I feel like everybody pretty much knows what happened at this point. We'll talk a little bit about it, but we're going to talk more so about the situation that Michigan's now in, kind of waiting until Sunday for the selection show, trying to see what seed they could potentially be, if they're going to have to play in the first four at Dayton. All of that. There's other stuff going on around the bubble as well, which obviously is uh, is going to factor into where Michigan ends up. But Anthony, I guess your your big you know thought coming out of that Indiana game for Michigan. I mean, played a great first half, played a great first really 27 minutes of that game, and then just completely fell apart, almost literally and figuratively. I mean, Devontae Jones was falling down. Maybe it was hurt at some point in the early first or early second half. Hunter Dickinson was hitting the deck. It just looked like different guys, a different team down the stretch, completely crumbled. And Rick Pizzo said, I guess, on the broadcast that Michigan just looked blank-faced in those timeouts where they were totally phased by the Indiana run, the Indiana crowd. That was, I'd say, close to 10,000 of them there, eight maybe, nine. Uh, raucous environment, but your your thought out of out of that game. I've never seen anything like it, Clayton, uh, especially, you know, it yeah. feels like this year with this Michigan team, we've seen them win every type of game you can win. They've won some rock fights. They've won some shootouts. Uh, we've seen them lose just about every type of game you can lose as well. When you have a slightly above 500 record, that's kind of what, um, you know, there's never been a better case to me. And I wrote about this yesterday after the game. There's never been a more clear case of you are what your record says you are than this current team, 17 and 14. A few more nights, they've been better than than uh, normal, which is why they're a couple games over. But um, I've never seen a team blow a 17-point lead and have it be gone in uh, in a five-minute stretch, and then like have to fight to come back. I think they were down. It was. I think they were down set by as much as seven down the stretch. Does that sound right to you? I mean, it was a 31 to nine run uh, for Indiana yeah. to end this game. Uh, Michigan led 60 to 43 with about 12 minutes left. I've never seen anything like it, and. Um, they did have no answers. You could see it, you know, Ballas was courtside. Uh, so he could see stuff from down there a little differently. I was, I was kind of a little bit more up in a, a media overflow section. You could see during the timeouts. I mean, the body language was terrible, which is so weird because I was in the tunnel before the game and the team was as loose and as fired up as I've seen them all year. Uh, they certainly came out and played that way. It was one of the best, uh, you know, in that 27 minutes where they were in complete control, with some of the best basketball they played on both ends of the floor all year. So uh, for things to go to play out like that, um, it's hurtful. And something I said uh, on the huge show yesterday was, you know, when the, the most disappointing thing of it all is that you were done in India, Indianapolis less than 24 hours after you arrived there. 
and you no longer control your own destiny the rest of this weekend. I mean, it really did seem like find a way to win that game yesterday and you're in. Um, but as is, as has been the case throughout the entire year, man, it's, it's close. It's been close, but no cigar. I mean, even late in the game when Michigan had to charge back, they got it down to two uh, with, what was it? Maybe 10, 15 seconds left. That's what the deficit was. And, you know, they throw a pass, an errant pass goes out of bounds and um, you wind up losing that basketball game. Um, it was already lost, but, you know, you, you throw away your chance to win it. So it's just, it's disappointing. I mean, everyone from Jawan Howard, it was his first game. You know, the, the, the storyline was going to be that it was Jawan Howard's first game back. And, you know, it was kind of a, uh, a homecoming is not the right word, but a re reestablishing of, of expectations and, and getting ready for the, the postseason and, and moving forward from that situation a few weeks ago. Um, and this is unrelated, but you know, now the storyline is um, again, it goes back to just being frustrated with the missed opportunities throughout the year. I mean, Clayton, all they've had to do in the last month, because they haven't won consecutive games since February 8th and February 10th, somewhere along the line in the last month, all they had to do is win one more basketball game somewhere. And we're not even really talking about the NCAA tournament bubble today. Uh, I still think they're in, I won't, they're not comfortably in. I'd say they're in by the skin of their teeth, but you know, now it's if there's chaos the rest of this weekend, which we've already seen it early Friday with Indiana winning, Texas A&M beating Auburn. Um, you know, it hasn't affected Michigan standing yet, but as these things start to snowball, there's two, you know, there's still two and a half days of basketball left before selection Sunday. And not being in control of your own destiny after being very much in control of your own destiny. Uh, being up 17 in that game is as disappointing as I've been in this team all year. Yeah, and the crazy part about a collapse like that is that you had to play so well to get a 17-point lead. To, to blow a 17-point lead is one thing, but for it to be that much of a 180 because you were up 13 at halftime, you looked good. Now, maybe it was a little deceiving because Xavier Johnson was in foul trouble and Trace Jackson Davis missed a couple easy ones around the rim. That could have made it tighter because those two were lethal in the second half for Indiana, but the score was what it was. You know, you're always nervous if you're the team or, you know, probably more so a coach or a fan when your team has a big lead like that, but you never really see that happen. In this case, though, I guess that's why people are nervous in those cases for the slim chance that something like this happens. Unbelievable. As you said, I I'd never seen anything like it either. It was stunning. Um, and the Indiana fans just, I mean, went from silent, you know, a bunch of got, you know, a bunch of people in red sitting there, to everybody standing up in one of the more raucous environments, and that played a huge factor. Talking about it today with other people, like Michigan probably would have won that game if it wasn't like that in terms of that environment. But they knew it was going to be a pro Indiana crowd coming in, and that's exactly what it was. And they they falter down the stretch, as you mentioned, two days in a row now for Indiana. They have the other team down one possession with 11 seconds left, throw it out of bounds to turn it over, uh, and they win two games. So they beat Illinois th uh, early this afternoon. As you mentioned, Texas A&M takes down the one seed in the SEC tournament. Auburn, uh, they are you know further away, still on the wrong side of the bubble when you look at it. But let's talk about Joel Lenardi's update right after those afternoon games. He still has Michigan in the last four buys. Um and he doesn't have Indiana moving off of that last four in, so they would still be in Dayton at this point. The problem is Indiana has another game tomorrow. They'll take on the winner of Iowa, and Rutgers are recording that as that game is tipping off here today. Um, and then 
the other problem is there's a lot of teams still playing here, a lot of teams still alive that are on the bubble, including Texas A&M, or let's say uh, a team goes and wins a conference tournament this weekend and steals an automatic bid. That would obviously knock Michigan down, but as of right now, they'd have to be knocked down one, two, three, four, five spots to even be off of there right now, or six spots to be off of even the first four, so you still should feel pretty good, and the uh, term that Iman Brennan, who does uh, you know bracket work for the athletic, used on how Michigan should feel is reasonably confident, and I thought that was pretty good, and that's all you can feel because, as Juwan Howard said yesterday, he is going to be praying that his team makes it in because, guess what, they're back in Ann Arbor right now, and they're not playing after losing to Indiana, and it would have been one thing to just lose that game to a desperate team, but to lose it in the way they did makes it sting even more. Um, any thoughts on, I guess, the whole bubble here, what to watch for? You did a great rooting guide this morning, and then they go 0 for 2 on the first two games. Uh, but there's some other games to watch around the country today and then obviously tomorrow and throughout the weekend as well. Yeah, full day of basketball. Love this time of year, regardless of, of how Michigan's doing. I've always had us – I mean, it's this is Christmas for guys like us. I mean, this is it's just nonstop wall-to-wall um, action over the next, you know, really three to four weeks here. So excited for that. Um, you know, the, the thing about the bubble is that, you know, I, I know there are bracketologists that have, you know, their, their algorithms, their criteria, whatever it is. Um, it's important to note that, you know, for example, example, Amon Brennan, his word is not the gospel truth. Joe Lenardi, his word is not the gospel truth. Uh, Jerry Palm, who has Michigan out as of right now, of CBS, not the gospel truth. So what matters most is a bunch of people are going to sit down in a room. Um, and these conversations are already on, ongoing about what their body of work looks like. Now, um, you know, Michigan's resume, I, I think it's pretty, it, it, it's, it's good enough. Uh, the, the win against, um, against San Diego state, I think has, has aged very well. Um, you know, they have some, I hate, qual- I hate the term quality loss because I don't believe in a quality loss, but, for resume purposes, losing to teams like Arizona and North Carolina, those have aged well. Um, the ones that haven't aged well and the ones that are hurting you right now are Minnesota and UCF. Again, I talked about it. somewhere along the line this season, there was one more game you needed to win somewhere, and they weren't able to do it, and they'll be kicking themselves for that. Um, you know, Especially, like I said, I, I, I would side with Eamon Brennan that Michigan should be relatively confident. I don't know if confidence is the right word. I would say – relatively sure of themselves that they've done enough to get in, but um, you know, I, how do I, I want, I need to word this carefully um, because of course, like they could get hot. Anyone could get hot and go on a run through the NCAA tournament now, but you know, the more and more like, so you didn't have a regular season that went well. So you turn the page to the big 10 tournament and that's, you know, there's a lot of pride in that Michigan's won this thing before. And it could be something that does propel you to a run, um, you know, later in the year. You know, short of this team getting to a Final Four and and beyond, winning a national championship, I don't really know if there's anything that can come out of this year. At this point, maybe it's just making the second weekend of the tournament. I don't know if there's anything they can do to really feel good about where they're at right now. So that's um, – it's been disappointing, but – it's March. I think they're going to get in at worst. I think they'll be in Dayton and you go from there. So let me ask you this about what you just said there. Like, is that a different feeling or would you have put that sentence together 24 hours ago? Or I guess 
27 hours ago before the Michigan-Indiana game tipped off? Or is this because of that blown second-half lead? I think it's because of the blown lead. Um, there are dogs here barking. Sorry. Uh, it is All good. It is. Um, I think it is because of the blown second-half lead. I think if they won that game on, on Thursday, then they're in. And they're, they're not looking at the bubble stuff right now. And I still think they're in. But it's just as has been the deal with this, team, with this team throughout the year, they cannot get out of their own way and make it easier on themselves. And that, to me, is evidenced by, like I said, the 500 record down the stretch the last month of the year. Um, you know, I get the Big Ten's a tough quality conference every year, but you just got to win one game somewhere. And, again, all of that is set aside when you get to a game like yesterday. Like, it's just it doesn't matter what you did before that. You got to take care of the challenge that's in front of you. And when push came to shove and Indiana did push and didn't shove and, and make it made its push to get back in that game, this team folded like a house of cards and that's disappointing. Um, but we'll see what happens from here. Yeah. I think it's interesting. And it was a topic I wanted to hit on as well that you already have is, you know, does this weekend or, you know, you can't even call it the weekend cause they got to Thursday. Right. But, change anything for what I think they can do in the NCAA tournament if they get there. And I think we both agree that they probably will. Again, it's out of their hands at this point. It's in the committee's hands. It's in other teams' hands that are still playing this weekend in their conference tournaments. Like, I wrote coming in that I don't think anything happens this weekend short of Michigan winning the Big Ten tournament that makes me think that they're either going to go on a run in the big dance or they're going to get an early exit like I think early exits the most likely thing anyway because they're going to be an underdog in that first game no matter what and that's the way it goes when you're going to be a double digit seed but so it's interesting like I don't want to overreact too much to what happened in that second half and not to downplay how terrible it was because it was terrible but um there's something about as Anthony just texted me that he's going to let, let a dog out real quick. So I'm going to be talking to nobody, but like there's something about um, this second half that I think everyone is freaking out about is Anthony has returned. Um, and they should be freaking out about what happened and because Michigan lost, but this is this team. They've done this stuff, not to that degree, but all season long, they've gone 10 games in a row of win loss, win loss. So, I'm not sure that this has a ton of impact on what they can do. And another, you know, devil's advocate type of thing is that Jawan Howard came back just a couple days before that. They did look fired up to me as well, Anthony. Jawan walks in, chorus of boos from the Indiana faithful, some cheering from the outnumbered Michigan faithful. And they were fired up, giving them, he was giving them big hugs. They were ready to go. But that guy had been only with them for a couple days at that point. Maybe another week, including some rest, will do them good. Again, they would rather be playing this weekend, but trying to look at what positives could come out of it. What is the impact of this on next week? We don't know. And even if they lose, we don't know that it was because of the Indiana second half. And if they win, we don't know it was because they were motivated. This time of year, you never know. Um but things just kind of play out how they play out. Um, and it's going to be fascinating, I think, for this team to see where they end up and what they can do next weekend because there's still some talent uh, here. And, you know, 
if they could salvage something, I, I agree with you that maybe that second weekend is kind of the benchmark of whether or not this thing was a quote unquote success coming into the year. That was not the expectation, but you have to recalibrate some expectations at different times in sports. That's a common thing. And they weren't the ones that picked themselves, you know, top five preseason, although I'm sure they were confident in themselves, but uh, it's just kind of the way it has gone. And, you know, I feel like this team has kind of been like this for a while now. Um, so as far as the big 10 tournament going forward, we, you know, talked about this over dinner last night. We also got to watch a little bit of Iowa and what they did that wreckage, uh, of Northwestern winning 112 to 76, uh, crushing the big 10 tournament scoring record by 15 points. I believe it is. Yeah, it was 97 before it's the biggest win margin in big 10 history, big 10 tournament history. Um, like that team is playing as good as anybody. They outplayed Illinois last Sunday in that loss. They missed 12 free throws. I think 10 of them in the second half. So you can still argue that Iowa's playing as good as anybody in the country. They're starting to play defense now, which is crazy for a Fran McCaffrey team in March. I don't want to get ahead of myself because they're, you know, they could very well lose to Rutgers like they did at the rack earlier on this season as we're speaking right now. And as this podcast is coming out, but I think Purdue's still going to win that Big Ten tournament. I had Iowa in the championship game before this, but now that Illinois is knocked out, I feel pretty good about that. I guess them or Rutgers. Um, your thoughts on the rest of the Big Ten tournament and how this, this thing is going to play out? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see. Um, it's funny. Talking about how the the rooting guide is already 0 for, I think it's 0 for 2 or, or close to 0 for 3. Um, the... I did a tournament preview where I picked all the games and, and did a little, not a bracket, but I picked all the games and got us to Sunday. I started 0-3 there too. So it's almost like anything I say is like cursed uh, this week. So um, sorry if, you know, you should just fade me. Just take a, a couple days off or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing, nothing going on right now. It's, it's good for downtime. Um, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to, you know, when we get to Saturday, I want to see, Keegan, uh, you know, Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis and, and Jaden Ivy all playing against each other for the shot to get to Sunday. Because, I mean, those those guys, I mean, Ivy's probably a top five pick in the NBA draft. Those other two guys, are, I've seen them in the top 10 in mocks. I think this time of year, especially when, like, you know, the team that we follow, the team that we cover isn't playing, I look to storylines and I look to players. And, you know, there's a lot of talent left in this tournament still. So uh, if I were a betting man, um, and this, I'm not just saying this because Ballas and I stayed in Iowa's hotel. Iowa is playing the best out of anyone in this conference right now. Um, I know they ran up the, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I have to put my foot in my mouth for this now. I said that Iowa um, wasn't very good and just kind of ran up its efficiency margins against bad teams. Well, they've won six of their last seven now. And I think uh, math, math is hard. Nine of their last 11 heading into uh, Friday's game. So, uh, and who knows by the time this comes out, it'll probably be dated already, but I just say, you know, I feel really good about what Iowa's brought into this tournament. Um, you know, excited to, to see what happens the rest of the way. I mean, this, again, this is just a, the most, it's the most bountiful, wonderful time of the year for, for guys like us. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's been kind of crazy so far. Um, you know, Penn state, how about Penn state knocking off Ohio state? That was, um, again, it was, Michigan State tried to blow a lead uh, in that Thursday night game, similar to its in-state rival, but was able. It to would have been on. the biggest comeback in Big Ten tournament history. Yeah, 
Yeah, Tom Izzo, you got to see the smoke come out of his ears after the game because his team couldn't uh, couldn't break a press. Um, yeah, it's there's there's still plenty of storylines there. And if you're a basketball fan, uh, Michigan fans will be sour, but um, you know Michigan fans also are are smart people and like watching good basketball. And uh, the team that they have watched hasn't played consistent good basketball, so um, to have the chance to watch that the rest of the weekend, I think is is a welcome opportunity, and, and we'll see what happens from there. But if I were a betting man, um, something about Iowa right now. And like I said, I could easily have my foot in my mouth two hours from now, but that's what, that's why this year time of the year is special. You just never know what's around the corner. Exactly. It's so unpredictable. I, I will say this though. I feel good about my Purdue pick because of that Penn state upset over Ohio state. And you know, they, man, they may walk into Saturday after playing a tired Penn state team tonight. Um, and that'll be interesting to see it play out. I agree. Some individual talent that could be in those semifinal games. I really hope Johnny Davis, for some obvious reasons, is playing on Saturday as well uh, as they take on Michigan State tonight. But uh, And I think a lot most people listening to this are probably hoping for that as well. But uh, should be a good rest of the tournament. Obviously, for our sake, I mean, we're back. I, w- I was planning on, you know, and I know you were at Ballas. We were all planning on being there, you know, for the weekend. And, uh, and we're back. But um, – that takes us to spring football, which we're going to talk about real quick in a second. We got to talk to Jim Harbaugh earlier. Some players spoke later on this week. Uh, Harbaugh was on Tuesday, players on Thursday. Uh, before we do that, though, let's talk about Manscaped, our great sponsor. March Madness is here. As you said, it's the best time of the year. Not everyone can have a perfect bracket, but you can have a perfect set of balls this tournament season with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, the leaders. In Below the Waist Grooming have just launched their Ultra Premium Collection to give you the total championship hygiene routine. After sweating out the games, make sure you lather up head-to-toe with this all-in-one skin and hair kit to have your body and balls smelling Final Four fresh. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code 20GOBLUE for 20% off and free shipping. That's 20GOBLUE. For 20% off and free shipping. This is a Cinderella story you're not going to want to miss. Uh, They just sent us the Ultra Premium Collection in the mail, and it is fantastic. Anthony Manscaped, a a great partner, a great sponsor, a great product. Yeah, you know, if there's any, if there's a silver lining to us returning from Indianapolis early, it's that I'm pretty sure when, when, when we get home or when we got home, that there was a box waiting for us on the front, on the front, uh, the doorstep, so to speak. So um, love Manscaped. Uh, I brought the little travel bag with me that they sent uh, before down to Indianapolis. Always put all my stuff in there. Um, and it's filled to the brim with, with the great products that they send us. So again, um, you know, we don't, uh, we don't endorse or sponsor anything that we don't stand by. And um, for what my money's worth, I think it's, it's one of, um, if not the best thing that I have uh, in terms of, um, you know, the hygiene arsenal. So happy to our friends from Manscaped continue to support us, support the Wolverine. And, uh, you know, as long as they're going to keep giving us good stuff, or we're going to keep raving about it. So you guys should hop, hop on board as well. Absolutely. So 20 go blue is the promo code there. Two zero G O B L U E at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Um, Anthony, let's talk quick spring football, obviously the biggest storyline that comes out of this week. Um, you know, there were rumors flying around JJ McCarthy, shoulder injury, you know, p- 
potential torn labrum or a labrum injury. Not exactly sure what it is. Details not out, but that's kind of the guess at this point. And you have Jim Harbaugh saying he has elected to not get surgery after getting a few opinions from some doctors, some of them in the NFL. Uh, he is going to just go the rehab route. So he's taking reps in spring practice, but not throwing. Uh, so J.J. McCarthy, you know, staying sharp, staying engaged, staying with the team, but won't be able to throw this spring. Jim Harbaugh did not give a timetable on when McCarthy could potentially be back full go, assuming that's going to be after the spring or, you know, we at least will not see him in the spring game, even if he starts to throw a little bit before then, because there is still you know, three weeks until that spring game. But unfortunate, I think, for everybody because we wanted to hear how this battle was going to be going. And, you know, we're not really going to get that. I know it's going to ramp up in the summer, but it's more quiet at that point. And then fall camp will come around, and then we'll see who starts the opener, and, and obviously we'll go from there. But um, I'm writing about this quarterback battle for our magazine, which is coming out next week. Go to the TheWolverineOnDemand.com, another plug. Uh, but go and get that. And, uh, man, thinking about it, it's like Cade McNamara right now has a great opportunity this spring, and I know he, he surely wishes J.J. McCarthy was healthy, but this is a situation, and he has a great opportunity to prove himself in practice, continue to become a leader on this team, and emerge as even more of a leader, and then impress the general public, the coaching staff, his teammates during the spring game. Well, J.J. McCarthy is still going to have a shot when he's fully healthy, but uh, certainly this favors Cade McNamara. It's unfortunate for Michigan because you wanted your full strength and just see who battles and, and wins this thing out. But would you take from, you know, Harbaugh talking about that and, uh, Cade McNamara, by the way, asked on Thursday night about what, how he views this competition. And he said, well, I feel like I'm a big 10 championship winning quarterback. So that's how I view it. And, uh, it's, it's on, it's on at this point. Yeah, I mean, there, I don't know if there's ever much to typically that we can typically glean from what Harbaugh says on a situation because um, even the walk-on quarterbacks are doing great, uh, you know, in his eyes, and they shouldn't be ruled out either. But um, you know, the, I think the biggest—I hesitate to call it a disappointment—but you know, this quarterback battle is is the storyline of the offseason for them, and the fact that JJ will miss—I mean. He elected not to get surgery, so he's still with the team. He's still practicing, just not throwing. I believe the term from Jim Harbaugh was they're going to, quote-unquote, work the plan uh, with him, which was later tweeted out by JJ. Ha hashtag um, work the plan, yep. Hashtag work the plan. I don't know what that looks like because it's like, okay, well, our kicker practiced today, but he didn't kick at all. Or you know, our wide receiver practiced today, but he didn't run routes or catch the football at all. Um, as these dogs kind of start to fight behind me. Fascinating. Um, they're fighting more than Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy will though, because JJ's not gonna be able to throw. And I think this is where Cade kind of has the opportunity to grab this battle by the horns. You know, they need him to be better. They need whoever starts at quarterback to be better next year. So the fact that JJ's gonna not really be there, and I really I wouldn't expect him to throw the rest of the spring, but um yeah, we'll see what happens. I like I like Cade's confidence. The, they're gonna need him to be more than he was, and that can't be ruled out, but if he just kind of stays the player he is, then I think that JJ will come into fall camp and still make the push there and he'll go from there. Yeah, completely agree. Um, thinking about Harbaugh, I mean, he talked for a while. He seemed to be in a pretty good mood. He was asked about all sorts of things, Vikings, uh, and he kind of answered those in the way you expected him to. You know, talked about he wants to be at Michigan, all that. 
players. Uh, you know, Mike Sainer still was uh, out there talking, and and he was um, you know talking about his switch to defensive back from wide receiver. He's going to be he took reps at both, uh, and he has been taking reps at both throughout spring so far. So could be a two way player. Harbaugh said even a three way player because Sainer still, of course, plays on special teams as well. Mozzie Smith. Would not say that uh, he's an emerging leader because he says he has to prove it. Anyone that's going to be a leader on the team has to prove it. And uh, I love when Mozzie talks. He, I feel like he he's kind of philosophical and is a thinker. Uh, in you know, and obviously that helps him on the field as well. But any other takeaways from I guess what we got this week? I know next week we're going to get to talk to Jesse Minter, the new defensive coordinator, and Grant Newsom, who was promoted to tight ends coach, and then I think some players after practices as well. But uh, anything else you took away from what was Michigan's second week of uh, spring ball? Um, no major takeaways. I think it was a confirmation of what I would think before in terms of Harbaugh was going to come back and act like the mayor of, of Ann Arbor again. He's cracking jokes. He would have kissed and signed babies if they were there. Um, as loose and as excited as I think we've really ever seen him. So, And typically, like this is year eight of him, which it's crazy how time flies, but you know, typically when we talk to Jim and he has that type of candor and attitude about him, I think it means that he's pretty confident he has a very good football team. And I think that is the case. They're not without their questions that need to be answered. I mean, we've those that ground has been well plowed by us and we'll you know, we won't even have answers for them coming out of spring football here. But, um, you know, I just think the vibe the vibe is is as I think the vibe is as good as it can be right now, given what that the month of January into February was, um, you know, there's no doubt. And you talk to people um, in recruiting in the building, there was some momentum lost there. I don't think any objective person can sit here and, and argue that there wasn't, but you know, everyone's back on the same page. The, the staff is ironed out. The support people are ironed out. Um, you know, the, the team is uh, the team is practicing and getting some good work in. It sounds like, so, um, you know, right now you're building the callus and building the, the foundation of what this year will ultimately be. And, um, you know, we're hearing good things right now, so that's exciting to, to hear. Yeah, definitely. And Jim Harbaugh said the state of the program is, quote, scary good, and uh, and that the law of averages will catch up to you at some point, but that you'd rather be in the spot that they're in where the law of averages is chasing you than uh, not in that spot. So he does feel good about it, his team, it seems like, at this point. And uh, I got that same vibe from him as well. And it was interesting. Yeah, man, he was milling around a little bit after the press conference. He looked like uh, he felt pretty good about things and was uh, you know, happy to be back from all accounts. So uh, we will continue to cover that spring football as it goes through the April 2 spring game as well. Can't wait for that. Uh, and you can join us at thewolverine.com for that coverage, for all of Michigan basketball coverage in the postseason. It looks like for now it's going to uh, continue on. Uh, but stay tuned for updates on that as well throughout the weekend and beyond at thewolverine.com. Our $1 deal is still live. $1 gets you an entire year of premium access. So join us over there right now, and we'll see you over there. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.